following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, come on, put your hands together if you're happy to be in church. Come on, does anybody in the house love Jesus just a little bit tonight? Here's what I know about you that show up on a Wednesday night. You fought traffic. You've been working all day. You are the most spiritual people that I know, man. That is amazing. Seriously, Pastor Phillips said it a while ago. Kudos to you for making the trek, for bringing your family. We know your, your kids have school tomorrow. We know that you got to work tomorrow. Uh, but you place a high priority on being in church. And we don't take it lightly. In fact, we, we know um, that, I don't know about you, but you ever just sometimes just need a worship set? Like that song just read tonight, man, I don't know what it was, but I just, I needed what the worship band was singing in the presence of God. And I love how the, the way that the Lord works in that area. If you were wondering, um, I am not Pastor Rex Johnson. I'm not your senior pastor. Uh, he, is, he will actually be back in the pulpit on Sunday, so make sure you're back in the house. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited about the word that he's got in his heart for Sunday. Um, and, and we're going to dive right into the word of God tonight. But before we do, I want to, I want to share some news with our church family. Um, perhaps you have, you've heard through the grapevine or through uh, friends and family or even social media. But we have a, a wonderful couple in the church by the name of David and Nancy Tienda. And they have a, uh, David has a son by the name of Christian. And on Sunday, Christian was involved in a, a tragic accident. And he, he went home to be with the Lord this afternoon. Um, yeah, the, the family uh, that they're doing as is, is well as you can expect. I had the honor of being with them for several hours today. And, you know, I, I think it would be appropriate um, if right now we just... We just paused what we were doing. I just asked God to be with them, that he would comfort them. Listen, I don't pretend to know. Uh, I, I've never lost a child. But in, in my mind, that is one of the most tragic things that one could go through. And, and here's what I believe, that in this moment, that family, the Tienda family, can feel the power and the presence of God because the church is praying right now. So let's pray together and ask for God to be with them in this moment. Lord, right now, God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are in this house today, Lord. And this is one of the great reasons about having a church family is that we all go through moments where we need, we need a little extra help. And today, Lord, the Tienda family happens to be in that situation. And I pray right now that wherever they are, wherever their hearts are, God, whatever's going through their mind, that they're their minds and their hearts would be turned to you, that your presence would sweep into their house and into their room in this moment, and that you would bring what your word says, Lord, is a peace that passeth all understanding, a peace that's not even comprehensible, Lord. But I pray that you would be with them right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. If you know the Tiendas, feel free to reach out to them through, throughout the week. Um, I know that they would love love a hug, love a text message, love a uh, Facebook message, however you communicate. Um, but God's going to be with them, amen? amen? 
Amen. Amen. Hey, tonight we are we're wrapping up what we've been really a, a two-part mini-series. We started it last week that we're calling Iconic. And, and we opened up last week by talking about how, how unique the city of Austin is, the city that we are fortunate to live in. And, and the truth is, when you think about Austin, Texas, there's just certain things that go into making Austin what Austin is, right? That makes it this unique culture that we have. Uh, really, things that you can't take away. Like when you think about these things, they all fit together like a puzzle to make Austin. And it's things like live music, right? That We're the live music capital of wor- the world. We just came out of ACL. Austin's known for live music. We're known for bats. How many of you have seen the bats? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. I've never once seen the bats. We're known for the Texas Longhorns. Now, I have seen the Texas Longhorns a time or two. And we're going to have an altar call tonight for all of those that are not feeling good about last weekend. We're known for Barton Springs and Zilker Park. There's all kinds of uh, things about our city that we're known for. And we said last week that we, we believe that that the Lord would kind of agree with us and even kind of say the same thing when when we have this famous slogan, right, that we say that Austin is known for when we say, keep Austin weird. But instead of keep Austin weird, we said that Jesus would say, keep your life weird because there's a broad path that normal people are on. But Jesus says, listen, I need you to turn your blinker on. I need you to exit off the broad path that leads to destruction. And I need you to find the the narrow path that leads to a life filled with passion and and all the joy that you're looking for. And so we we, we talked about keep your life weird last week. And tonight, I want to draw your attention to a passage of scripture that if I were to guess, my gut says you have probably never heard this scripture. That out of all the years of reading the Bible, you maybe have never gotten to this passage of Scripture before. If you have your Bibles, we're going to the book of John, the third chapter and the 16th verse. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and just the the very beginning phrase from this passage really grabs my attention and 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 has me focusing in for god so loves the world god so loves you and he so loves me and if we personalize it we might we might say it like this it might look a little something like this i love you so much i love you and i love you and i love you so 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 much but think about this statement for a minute 
What does this really mean? I want you to, if you can, for a few moments tonight, go with me and think about the magnitude of a statement and the the implications of a statement like this. What does this really mean that God, the the creator of the world, God, the creator of of the universe and the galaxies that, that speaks and things come into existence, That the Hubble telescope would tell us that there's some 3,000 galaxies and we live in just one of them. This God loves our tiny little world. And he loves you and me that walk on this earth. What does this mean? Like... How can we really wrap our heads around what what this passage is trying to tell us? And I'm not 100% sure that I have the answer of how we can really understand the magnitude because I'm not sure that that as human beings, our minds are capable of of actually really grasping that concept. But but Romans chapter 5 would say it this way. I want to draw your attention to one more passage of Scripture until uh, before we dive into where we're going tonight. For when we were still without strength, let this sink in. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Right? You may be lucky if somebody says, listen, I'll die for a really, really good person. If you can find somebody that say, hey, you're a great person, there's a a decent chance, right, that, that I might die for you yet perhaps for a good man not we're we're not even talking about a great man now it's very rare that you might find somebody that would die for a great person but just for a, a mere good person would someone even dare maybe possibly die but God demonstrates his own love towards us And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Several years ago, I remember my my mom telling me a story about her teenage slash young adult years. And before I I, I tell you the story that she told me, you, you have to understand the family that my mother came from, she was raised in church, a very God-fearing family. Every time the doors were open, come on, anybody raised in a family like that, right? You had a drug problem, you were drugged to church on Sunday, you were drugged to church on Wednesday, yeah. And so, to the point where, like, worldly music, uh, uh-uh, like, don't even think about it, you don't, you don't go there. Like kids bop? No, no, no. Not even that, not even the clean versions. No, 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 no. And to go to a, a concert that wasn't a Christian concert would have been like, are you really gonna ask me? Right? Like, you don't even need to come ask mom and dad. Like, that's the dumbest thing you could do. You already know the answer. Don't come ask me. You know the answer. No. Well, there happened to be this, this singer slash very popular artist that came through town. You might have heard of him, Elvis Presley. Anybody ever heard of Elvis? And to make a long story short, I guess my mom 
um, and her friends couldn't resist the blue suede shoes. And so <laughs> they, they snuck out of the house. My mother. Said, My mom. And went to an Elvis concert. Y'all, y'all pray for her. God's still working on her. And I don't remember the details of the story, but this story is amazing, y'all. Somehow, they ended up sneaking backstage after the concert. They got to meet Elvis and hang out in the green room for a couple of hours. I'm kidding, that didn't happen. But that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? (laughs) That would have been so cool. (laughs) I can't tell you how hard I laughed typing that in my office. That made me, I died so hard. No. But she really did sneak out and go to the concert. She did not meet Elvis, for those of you that were wondering. That did not happen. But it raised some questions in my mere moral mind about uh, perhaps my mom, but even about other people in general. And I want to ask this question. Has anybody ever heard the term groupie? I don't know, Mom. I'm just saying that it's raising questions in in that young teenage mind, right? But but what is a groupie? In the generic sense, right, a a groupie is a a fanatic, right, a a major fan. It's basically someone who is uh, unbelievably obsessed with an artist or an entertainer of sorts, right? That's what we in society know as a, a groupie, and it's so much so that is to the point that they will even stalk them. You, you've seen this all over the news, right? It happens almost daily to, to celebrities in our society. They go everywhere. The tour stops. They're at every tour, right? You, you know the type. They're obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. And, and if you talk to them, like this is really, something is not right. Because you have a conversation with them and they're, they're absolutely persuaded that they just might marry this particular person. You know, like you hear, oh yeah, if, oh, if, if Justin Timberlake, whenever he meets me, baby, oh, he's going to understand, oh yeah, it's going to be me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's as good as it gets. They're, they're obsessed with this person or this individual. There's, there's no question that me and JT, we're going to live happily ever after. Uh, you're a groupie and you're obsessed. And we all know something about groupies. They're deceived. They are deceived. Like, it, no. You're, that's not reality, people. If, if, you know what, what would be nice? Y'all, y'all forgive the way that my mind works from time to time, but, but it would almost be nice if I could just sit some of these people down and just have a conversation with one of these so-called groupies, perhaps a wonderful young lady who's obsessed. I don't know why Justin Timberlake, I'm using him but we're going to go with him because it's, he's, in, he's not so in my brain. I don't know. And just let them know, listen, you're, you're wonderful. You're an, an amazing person. God loves you. 
There's people in your family that loves you. But Justin Timberlake does not love you. In fact, I'm trying to be nice about this, but he doesn't even know you exist. Like, you know his birthday. You know what his mama got him on his 12th birthday. You think you know him, but he don't know you. You know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't it be nice? I'm just trying to help you. I don't want you to get hurt here. This is ridiculous. you got to understand that it's not going to work. And then I think, the flip side. Have you ever had the urge to sit God down? Hey, Lord, <laughs> I, I need to break some news to you, sir. Um, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this. And, and I'm not really sure. I, I, I know that you're God, and, and I guess you know everything, but there seems to be something where, where you're missing it here because I've noticed that you're really, really, really obsessed and you're following people everywhere that they go, sticking closer than a brother. Like, that, that's what I read in your word, and, and, and I've noticed, Lord, that you even know the number of hairs that are on my head. We, God, we need to have a conversation here. In fact, I read recently that while we sleep, you're watching us. Come on, Lord, let me, let's, let's have a conversation. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you're working. This is getting slightly awkward here. This, there's a really good chance, God, that this isn't going to turn out well for you. I don't want you to get hurt, Lord. I mean, you're, 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 you're extending yourself so much. You're, you're loving so much here in this moment. But, but God, I don't really know how to tell you this. You do know that there's a lot of people that you love that will never show you love back. You know that, Lord? Like, are, are you aware of how this works? You, you seem to love everybody. It, it appears from an outsider perspective that, that you love bad people. You love people that nobody else loves. And it's crazy because you love people that will never love you back. Do you see how this isn't going to, to end like you perhaps want it to end, God? And it gets crazier. Because Jesus would take added pain on his body for those who would never acknowledge his sacrifice. Why the obsession with people who will never love you in return? People that you know going into it just may never surrender their life to you. you Lord, you've got to stop this. This is, this is a little bit over the top. This is, this is a little bit beyond the norm. This is, society looks at this and says, whoa. We can't, you know. He can't stop loving you. 
He's obsessed with you. He loves you beyond what your mind can comprehend. You can start to try to put together all the words that you can to describe the magnificent love that you have for somebody or, for, or that somebody has for you. And you can, we could sit here and line them all up, every one of us, spew them out, and it wouldn't even come close to the amount of love that he has for you. Listen, listen, listen. God doesn't have love. God does not have love. God doesn't do love. God is love. See, I'm preaching to you a very simple message tonight, but it's a message that society overlooks so often. We're looking for love from everyone else in society and we're frustrated when we don't get it the way that we think we should. And trust me, we should get love from the right places, but the ultimate place that you and I need to understand where we find love and who loves us is from our creator who thinks the world of you, who cares about your tomorrows, And your future, not all love is of God, and love is not what we worship, but our God is love. I've come to remind somebody tonight that the one that we're worshiped today, the one that, as Pastor Randy and the team sang about and led us in worship so beautifully today, cares about you my heart is burdened tonight for people that will go through life wondering if anybody cares about them wondering if anybody really sees them and knows them and loves them and God has placed this on my heart to just encourage maybe it's one person That he loves you so, so much. John 3.16 doesn't say that he loves the world. It says that he so loves the world. It's not just, just a regular, it, it's a so. Like it's extra. Do you, have you ever... Okay, let me, let me switch gears here. Have you ever seen someone that has like just this really bad case? Like, you know, like I love you so much. Like the couple that are making out in inappropriate places. You're like, really? We know, you don't know, not here, not in church. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's a parent in your, your child's little league team. They got the banners on the field. They got their kid's name all over them. They're screaming at the umpire who's a 12-year-old. What are you doing? You're an idiot. No, your kid's just terrible. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe, maybe it's, 
the man that's standing on this platform speaking to you tonight that has a bad case, a bad case. I want to, I want to show you something. Y'all don't judge me, judgment free. I, I yeah. Okay, let me show you this video. Check. Let me see the first one. Okay, watch. Windsor is playing flag football. He's about to catch a touchdown pass. Watch, 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 watch. Hey. Okay. Now watch. Let me go to the second one. Watch. Watch, watch. Slow-mo, slow-mo. That's my boy right there, right there. Look at him. Turn his body. Uh. Look, 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 look. Watch, watch, watch. Ah! Feet over. Do you see that? You, you don't see. You don't know how hard that is. Watch it again. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to show it to you one more time. Check this out. That's my boy. Look. Ah! <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I can't video anything during his games. Hey, Kate, can we replay the first video? Hang on, hang on. Sound guy, turn it up a little bit. I want you to hear the magnitude of this video. Watch, watch, listen, 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 listen. When he scores, watch. That wasn't even his mama either, and it wasn't me. You know why it wasn't me? Because I was running down the sideline, like, ripping my shirt off, like, ah! Because that's my boy, acting like I'm the one scoring the touchdown. I pulled a hammy just running down the sideline. It's because I love that kid. Not just, not just a little bit. I'm proud of him. I love him so much. Not, it's not a love that just kind of loves. It's not just a, a, a little bit of love. No, 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 that, that's not what it is. It's, a, it's an illogical love. It's a love that you wouldn't understand. The way that I feel about my family, right? You feel the same way about your family, but, but it's illogical. It's, it's uncomprehensible. You can't explain it. And this is the very same kind of love that our God has for us. And people all over history, every day that we walk, Every, every office meeting that you walk into, every school that you walk into, they're trying to get the Lord off their tail. God, stop following me. Get away from me. He's not going anywhere. He won't stop because he loves you, because he's obsessed with you. And I know that seems like a, a, an extreme word, but it's true. He loves you to the point that you can't begin to understand. It's, it's illogical. It doesn't make sense. Seven hundred and fifty years before Jesus would come to the planet to solve the sin problem, this extraordinary, ridiculous, unconditional love shows up in full display. Through a young man by the name of Hosea. Hosea is a prophet, a speaker of God to Israel. And sometimes prophets are given very unusual assignments. And I think of all the assignments given, Hosea receives perhaps the, the most ridiculous and really slightly embarrassing assignment. 
Okay, Hosea, here, here's your assignment if you choose to accept it. I want you to marry a prostitute. Huh? Come again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scripture doesn't tell us why, it just tells him to do it. So Hosea marries a prostitute by the name of Gomer. For a while, things are going well. They have, they have a baby boy, then they have a baby girl, then they have another baby boy. Maybe three, four years. Things seem to be looking pretty good until one morning Hosea wakes up and he realizes, where? Gomer's not, she's not here. So he runs downstairs, he checks in the kid's room. No, Hosea's not there either. He, he runs to the kitchen. She's not in there. He, he runs to the bathroom. No, she's not in there. He checks every closet. Hosea, uh, Gomer, where, where are you? And she's gone. And now Hosea is a single father of three children, arguably one of the most uh, famous people in all of Israel at this time. Without question, embarrassment is in the future when people start to find out that she's gone. I'm supposed to be the, the speaker, this beacon of hope to Israel, and I can't even keep my, my family together. Things are, things are falling apart here. And I'm sure there were some dark days and some dark nights, but, but somewhere down the road, God comes to Hosea, and he tells him this. i got a plan for you. Go find her and marry her again. Really? Yeah, 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 go do it. Okay, guy. So we pick up in Hosea chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me, go again. Love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who took to other gods and the love of raisin cakes of pagans. In other words, they were enamored with the things that, that the world could offer. And, and you have to understand that in, in this day that Hosea uh, lived, this time, that it was a very prosperous time. Love was the theme. Prosperity was in the air. And they had, they had three beliefs about love at this time. They believed that love could be purchased. And they thought that love is only the pursuit of self-gratification. And they thought that love could be discovered with inanimate objects and things, right? You could find love through stuff. And how similar is that to the world in which we live today? The concept of, of love has become so messed up, and God says, this is not love. So I will demonstrate love to my people. And he does, and you, you can imagine. Hosea now has to go search for his wife in places that no man of God should ever find himself. And you've got to understand that, that, that Hosea is so well known, it's not like he could easily hide and get away with just sneaking down, looking. No, no, no. People would have known him very, very easily. He's, he's a holy man of the day, and God gives him this assignment. Go down to the red light district. Go to the brothels, and I want you to find your wife. So he goes huh, to that part of town. Maybe he, he approaches people in the industry. Have you, have you seen Gomer? 
no, no, sorry, haven't seen, seen her in a couple days. Maybe, maybe he speaks to some other men in the area that are down there. Hey, have you seen my wife, Gomer? Oh, oh man, I didn't know y'all were together. I'm sorry, no. No, I haven't seen her. And finally, y'all, he finds Gomer. And where is she? She's on the selling block. His wife, the, the wife that God told him to marry. She's being sold, and most scholars believe that he would have walked in on the auction. He's, he's walking in on an auction, and the woman on the auction block is his very own wife. Excuse me, sir, um, uh, th- that's my wife. No, 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 no. I, I don't care who you think she is. She's mine, and, and she's for sale. This is what he would have walked into. What was it like for Gomer when she sees Hosea walking in the back? Surely she would have thought, there's no way that you would have ever come looking for me, let alone in a place like this. Does he have to outbid other bidders in the moment? Maybe. I don't know. But, but as it happens, he ends up paying 15 pieces of silver and an omer and a half of barley. But he says, I'll pay whatever the price is. I'll pay whatever it costs. That that is my wife. And I don't care what you tell me it costs me. I I may not even have what it takes, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to pay it because that is the woman that I love. Wait, wait, wait. Hosea, hang on just a second. She's already yours. Yeah, I know. But I'm still willing to pay whatever price it is for whatever it is that is already mine. Because Hosea, in essence, is telling Gomer, I love you. And it's illogical. It doesn't make sense. This is crazy. People are looking at me in the moment like I have lost my mind, and maybe I have. But I love you so much that I listen here, everything I have. I'm willing to pay for something that is already mine. And the Bible would say this that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And even then, hear me. The one that is hanging on the cross to purchase what already belongs to God. For you and I, humanity is the unique possession of the Creator. We belong to Him. And yet He paid a price. He paid a price for you and for me 
despite my sin, despite what I feel like, despite what I look like, despite where I've been and what I've done. He loves me so much. I'll pay whatever it is. And in essence, he begins to renew his vows with her. And watch what verse 3 says. He says to her, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too I will be towards you. And can I tell you, I'm not sure that I would be able to say the same thing in a moment like that. Think about it. Wow. What a man. With a deep love. A deep love. And Hosea means salvation. Gomer means completion. You know where I'm going. Who's Hosea? That's our God. Who's who's Gomer in this story? That's you, and that's me. Would you stand with me all across this place? Hear me, listen closely. Salvation will come looking for you, no matter where you are. The one that we worship today, the one that loves you so much, will find you and reach for you and follow you and look for you in the most filthy of places. In the places that that the creator of the universe has no business going, if you will, but he's got a love for his people. He's not intimidated by your past. He's not intimidated by the sin that you have had in your life. He's not intimidated by the family that you come from or the pedigree that you have. He says, listen, I'm willing to pay whatever it takes. In fact, I'll send my, I'll wrap myself in flesh and we'll go to the cross for humanity. I've just come to remind somebody tonight who maybe you haven't felt love in your life the right way ever. Maybe you've misconstrued love. Maybe because that's the way it was displayed to you. Or maybe, maybe you messed up along the way and you got it all messed up in your mind. I've just come to reaffirm A childhood principle. To let you know that you are loved in spite of you. With all your mistakes. With all your failures. There is one that is obsessed with you. He can't stop thinking about you. Every head bowed and every eye closed.
if that's you this evening, it, whatever whatever's caused it, I, I don't know the details of that. No, we don't need to know that, but if if you would say, yeah, Pastor Brad, I've struggled with, with this love thing. With maybe accepting the love that Jesus has for me. Or I've misconstrued love in my own life. And tonight I want to recommit myself. I want to reciprocate that love that my Savior has for me. If that's you, would you just slip your hands in the air all over this place? Nobody looking around. You can put your hands down. Lord, right now, in this holy moment, God, without question, you love us. We've determined that through your word tonight. It's, it's so clear to us, the great love that you have for us. But Lord, if we're not careful, it's easy. It's easy because life gets busy and situations happen in life that, that we want to. We have good intentions, but, but so often we forget to reciprocate that love. So in this moment, Lord, there's a body of believers in here that tell you one more time how much we love you. Can you do that all across this house? Just begin to open your mouth. Just let words of adoration flow from your heart. Come on, I'm not going to tell you what to say, but, but let that deep love that you have for your Savior, let it flow from your belly and let it come out of your mouth. Begin to worship Him. Come on, let Him know how you feel about Him in this moment. Lord, I love you more than the air that I breathe. I've got to have you, and in this moment, I know you love me. I receive that love, but, but tonight, maybe for the very first time, I want you to know how much I love you. And I surrender every aspect of my life to you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, come on, tonight could be the night for you. If you've never repented of your sins, come on, you can do it in this moment. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, there is more for you. Lord, whatever you have for us in this moment, we receive it. We receive your love in this place. Wrap your arms around us this evening, oh Lord. Let us know. Let us feel your love. Let us feel your presence. We love you. 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 In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, listen. We've complicated God sometimes so much. We complicate the gospel. But here's what you need to know tonight, and you need to walk out of here assured that you are loved by your heavenly Father, that you are cared about, that you are thought highly of. And here's our homework this week. Are you ready for the rest of the week? Every morning we're going to wake up, and just like we would tell our husband or our wife or our children, Hey, baby, I love you so much. You're the one for me. Why don't you take a moment? And before you ask for a need, before you ask for healing, before you ask him to do anything for you, why don't you just take a couple minutes, just like we did at the end of our time together tonight, and express how much you love 
Why don't you reciprocate that love this week, right? Isn't it easy in a busy world to forget to just say, Lord, I love you? Something so simple. Wow. Lord, thank you for meeting us in this house tonight. We honor you. We give you glory. Thank you for showing up and just reminding us one more time and reassuring us of a, of a principle that we've learned in Sunday school and all throughout our childhood and, and as we've grown up, Lord, that you really do love us. Give us a great rest of the night. Give us a great rest of the week and bring us back Sunday for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the night. We'll see you Sunday.